Interesting week with the Vikings brass in Indianapolis at the Combine, something that Jeff Diamond has experienced as a uh, an underling, a general manager, a team president, and a member of the media. Let's get into what Quezzi had to say and what we think it means. Let's also talk about the Aaron Rodgers saga, how it could affect teams, Derek Carr, the quarterback carousel. Uh, and let's let's get into a conversation I had with Latroy Hawkins about the great Patrick Mahomes. We're going to do all that here on the Jeff Diamond Show Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. That's free. It's also an easy way to listen. You can always go to TalkNorth.com, check out all the shows as you you like. We also have the Viking Update show and a bunch of hockey shows. You know the deal. We have a million good shows at TalkNorth.com. So let's get into it, Jeff. Uh, Quezzy basically came out and said they want Dalvin Tomlinson back. And when asked about Dalvin Cook, he didn't really answer that question the same way. (laughs) <laughs> no, and, and I'm sure that definitely the, he's he's been pondering probably ever since last uh, fall as he's kind of watched Dalvin's numbers dwindle a little bit, shall we say, even though Dalvin's still a very good running back. And it's, I think, pretty apparent to me that when you've got to clear about $23 million in cap, dollars in cap space, and you know you can get most of it from Cousins with an extension, which I'm sure they're working on. But when they can also clear up whatever $8 million on Dalvin Cook against the cap, it, it just seems to make sense when you've got a, a quality back in Alexander Madison. Now, he doesn't do some things that Dalvin does in terms of, of the breakaway speed and maybe the instinct of running. But... Alexander Madison is a very good running back. I think he can be a starter in this league, very effective player. And then you've got Ty Chandler they drafted last year. you got Wang Wu, who was drafted the year before. And, and I think they'd have a, a really good group of running backs. But then, of course, the key factor there is got to get Madison re-signed because he's a free agent. I, I think that Dalvin is on his way out, honestly. And he's had a, a great career here, no doubt. But... I think he's just not affordable for them at this stage. And and we've talked before about running backs around the NFL and looking at the Super Bowl teams. And you got Pacheco, a seventh-round pick, starting for Kansas City. The Eagles had nobody making more than $1.7 million. Miles Sanders is a free agent. I don't expect them to bring him back, uh, even to a, an NFC championship team, when they've got Gainwell, who is, is close to just as effective a player. So that, that's kind of the, the state of the running back world these days. And I think it sets up an interesting quandary for the Giants with Saquon Barkley. If they can't get a deal long-term done with Daniel Jones and they have to franchise him and he'll be the priority, then Saquon will be a free agent. And now he may have his most value to the Giants, but we'll see. The running backs, it's just very weird how running backs have been devalued and it's and it has it's not a a thing that's just immediately happened. It's been happening for ten years. Oh, no doubt about it. And and it makes sense. You know, the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls without anybody really playing running back. The 49ers have made it to Super, you know, Super Bowls and NFC championship games. I mean, they traded for McCaffrey this year, uh, but before that, it was very you know, who played running back for them was very random. And the only reason they really invested in McCaffrey is because they've they're so locked in 
to other good players other positions that they had they had some roster flexibility and they're not paying a quarterback a lot of money right now uh you know the as you said the eagles you know got good value out of sanders and then they're going to probably move on from him and start being well uh and we all love we all love running backs, right? It's a great position to watch. It, you admire people who can play a position, take those hits, uh, go one on 11 basically and and do what they do. Cook has been a, an excellent back, but is he going to continue to be an excellent back as he uh, gets older? Is he worth investing in? Is that where you save money? I got to say, as much as I love watching Delvin Cook play, this is the logical place to save money. Yeah, I think it definitely is. And I think that that's the direction they're going to go. And, and when you've got to free up money for people like Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, who is, is a very good defensive tackle, somebody that I'm sure that they want to keep, then that makes makes it that much more vulnerable for a player such as Dalvin. And and we know the, the big enchilada, of course, is Justin Jefferson, who they've got to find a way to keep him uh, long term. And, and, and Kwesi certainly talked about him at his press conference. And so has Kevin O'Connell, that – Jefferson's the priority. Cousins is the priority. And the rest of the pieces have to fit around. So it's going to be a really fascinating next 10 to 12 days as the Vikings get under the cap and what they do with these key free agents such as Tomlinson, such as Patrick Peterson, Garrett Bradbury, who played better last year, Earth Smith Jr. A lot of people are kissing him goodbye, but I'm not so sure about that. Because I, I don't know if that his market is going to be that big. And you think about he and Hawkinson in, in a two tight end offense, that's pretty impressive. You got Greg Joseph, they have to they have to re-sign. He had a good enough year with five game winning kicks. And then Madison, we just talked about. So there's going to be lots of discussion at the combine this week, not only about the college players working out, which of course is very overrated as we know, but lots of discussion behind the scenes about these current players on the Vikings roster and talking about extensions, restructures, pay reductions, perhaps. And we're talking about guys like Cousins, Daniel Hunter, Brian O'Neill will be restructured, I'm sure. Adam Thielen, probably a restructure. Harrison Smith, probably a restructure. So Darius Smith, who knows what direction they're going to go there. Kendricks, Hicks, I think Hicks will be cut. And I think Dalvin Cook will will ultimately be released. So a lot of discussion this week at the Combine, and it's it's a lot of behind-the-scenes activity. And also there's always that, certainly that tampering going on, as we know, incessant tampering at the Combine, even though it's not allowed until the legal tampering period, March 13th. But believe me, there's plenty of discussion with outside free agents, too, at the Combine. So it's an interesting time. As you've always said, the NFL find, find the NFL finds a way to stay in the news in the offseason and no more than in, in March and April with free agency in the draft. No doubt about it. Uh, Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider is brought to you by White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Tell you more about their fine business here in a little bit. Just saw a report that the Saints want to sign Derek Carr. Wouldn't that be interesting? Derek Carr gets off, take, take off the market and it's the Jets – Commanders, Raiders, and whoever and whoever else all staring down Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they sure are. And I think it's been interesting to hear the Packers' conversation about Rodgers and Rodgers' 
lack of conversation coming out of his darkness retreat and Brian Gutekunst, their GM in Indy this week, saying that he, he hasn't been told anything about Rogers from Rogers or his representatives and, 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 and talking about, yeah, we, we still love Aaron, but in the next breath, Hey, Jordan love is ready. And he's, it's the next step in his progression is he needs to play. And so read between the lines, people. I think Aaron Rodgers is on the way out. If the Packers can find a, a team such as the Raiders or the Jets that will pay them, I would say at least a second round pick this year and, and a first round pick next year. I think that's going to be the basic kind of market to get a deal done for Rodgers. I don't think it's going to be what Russell Wilson attracted or what Matthew Stafford did, which was multiple first round picks because Rodgers is turning 40 next year. Those guys were 34 when those deals were done and those deals haven't really panned out very well either. The Rams won a Super Bowl. But the next year, Stafford gets hurt. Russell Wilson <clears throat> was a disaster in Denver. We'll see if Sean Payton can resurrect him. But I don't think that Rodgers is going to attract that kind of deal. But I think he's still worth probably a two and a one next year, a two this year, one next year. What do you think they would have gotten for Rodgers had they traded him a year ago? Probably a little bit more because he's a year younger and he was coming off two MVPs at that point. Mm -hmm. Now he's coming off a, a season where the Packers didn't make the playoffs. His numbers were down partially because he, he lost Devonte Adams, had a new receiver core. So yeah, I'm sure they probably could have got two number ones maybe last year, but this year I, I think it, it's been devalued a little bit. He's yeah. still a good, he's still a good player, Jim. And I, and I think the, the thing in his corner that he and his representatives can point to is that, yeah, he may be turning 40, but Tom Brady won a Super Bowl at 43 so and played until he was 45 at a pretty high level. I think that that is a positive for, for certainly for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, I think the difference is that Brady – did know how to lead a franchise. He knew to lead in the in the locker room, in the weight room, during meetings. In fact, that was the weird thing about this last year is he didn't, didn't look quite as interested in that aspect. But as a Patriot, his reputation was first guy in the building, first, last guy out, worked hard in offseason, organized offseason activities. I think what people should be really disappointed in Aaron Rodgers for is that, you know, he's making whatever gargantuan amounts of money, uh, you know, statistically one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And he seemed to have no interest in working with his young receivers this last offseason. So if I'm a team trading for him, I don't trade for him unless I get a guarantee he's going to work with my team in the offseason. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's going to be a big factor. <clears throat> now, if, if he goes to, to Vegas and he's got Devontae Adams, <laughs> certainly he has already worked with him plenty and, and, and that magic will resurface. But if he goes to the Jets and he's got to get to know Garrett Wilson and, and their receiving core and guys like Tyler Conklin, their tight end. So I, I agree with you. I think you do need a commitment in that regard. And and how ironclad is that with, with Aaron, who's so mercurial, as we call him, right? <laughs> I, I call him other words that I can't use on the podcast, but you can say mercurial. <laughs> Egomaniac, narcissist. Yeah. Yes, all <laughs> yes. that. There we go. But I, I'll say one thing. When the, when the Packers look at his situation, I think they've had enough of his drama. Yep. And I think they're ready to move on to Jordan Love, who they did invest a number one pick in. 
He's got a $3.1 million cap number this year. They'll exercise his fifth-year option. They'll take the hit on Rodgers' dead money, whether it's $40 million this year or if they, if they do it after June 1st, they spread it over two years. But I think they're ready to move on from him. I originally didn't think they would, but I, I'm much more of a believer now that, that he's on his way out. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. All right, let's get to uh, Jalen Carter, some other combine news, other news around the league, and let's talk about Quezzy. Uh First, though, we do want to thank our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. My great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell, and their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection in their super-friendly premium team. Check out that great website. We always talk about WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and you will see 2.9% APR for five years, plus a $4,000 purchase allowance on GMC Sierra 1500 elevations, 3.9% APR for five years, a $750 purchase allowance on Buick Envisions, 4.15% 4.15% APR for five years plus $750 purchase allowance on GMC terrains and no monthly payments for 90 days. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks again to WhiteBearLeagueSuperstore.com. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. Again, check out TalkNorth.com. Bunch of hockey stuff. We've added Joe Anderson, Dave Lee, Mike Grimm's Go Gopher podcast. Uh, we have a great chin music show on baseball with Lavelle Neal and Roy Smalley and myself. Uh, we have the Viking Update show. We have the John Krasinski show. Check it all out. The Russo LaPanta show. Check it all out at TalkNorth.com. Also have a lot of outdoor content. And thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. All right. So what is now going to happen to Jalen Carter's draft stock? Yeah, that's, that's it's really a sad story and a ridiculous story. Jalen Carter, of course, involved. involved not We're not going to say he's responsible for the accident that killed two people but he was a participant in the, in the street racing going on down in, in, in Athens or wherever it took place. And Jalen Carter broke the cardinal rule of pre-draft and pre-contract signings, whether it's a draft choice or a free agent. Don't do anything stupid or illegal before the draft and before you sign a contract. And he did both in this incident. So we'll see if it, if it drops him significantly. We've seen in the past people such as Laramie Tunsil with his bong incident back in 2016, and he was projected as a top five pick and certainly around the third pick. He dropped to 13th before he was drafted by the Dolphins, and that cost Laramie Tunsil $13.3 million, Jim, on his rookie deal to go from number three to number 13. I don't think Jalen Carter is going to fall that far, but certainly for the Bears, if they were thinking about taking him number one overall, I think Ryan Poles, their GM, is now thinking more about trading out of that number one spot, which I think he was going to do anyway and keep Justin Fields. But this is another reason to do it, to, to trade down and and not take a guy like Carter, for example, at number one for sure. 
because there's a good chance that he'll be there at four if they traded with the Colts, and he may even be further down the line. Uh, perhaps Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama, now steps up ahead of, of Carter just because of this incident, which it's not only the stupidity of, of the street racing, it's the fact that that the, the woman who, who sadly died in the other car driving 104 miles an hour was highly intoxicated. And so immediately NFL GMs and coaches and scouts at the Combine are going to be asking Jalen Carter if he's doing the interviews even, or certainly at his pro day, well, were you drinking? And he claims he wasn't. Well, that's highly questionable, I would say. And so that, that creates questions. And you don't want your players, and I'm talking now working on the agent side, you don't want your players to be questioned about character issues and off-the-field issues. And I saw it firsthand. It was actually 25 years ago, Jim, with Randy Moss, <laughs> the 1998 draft, where, where Randy took that great fall from a top five pick to where we got him number 21. And, and these off-the-field character questions for Randy were the reason that he fell so far. So it definitely happens. We saw it with Warren Sapp. We saw it with Laramie Tunsil. We saw it with Randy Moss. I don't know how far Jalen Carter is going to drop. That will be interesting to see. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you do think that the Bears are going to stick with Justin Fields instead of taking a quarterback with that high pick? I do. I, I think they will. And I, I, I just don't see that Bryce Young uh, or the Ohio State QB. <laughs> I, I don't see those guys as, as stepping up to that type of level that – I think Justin Fields is a really good player yeah. if, they, if they get some talent around him. And, and here's an opportunity to trade down, say, with Indianapolis to four, pick up maybe a, an extra second-round pick this year, extra first-round pick next year to drop down three spots. We've seen how teams have, have paid such a premium for quarterbacks. And so I think it definitely would be in the Bears' best interest to, to make that move down and pick up these extra picks and get Justin Fields some quality receivers. Get him a true number one receiver, a guy like Addison or one of these top uh, Quentin Johnston out of TCU, who's about six five and and r- runs a four four forty. There's some there's some really good receivers in this draft, and I think that's what Justin Fields needs. Also, some help on the offensive line. <clears throat> and here's an opportunity to capitalize. Plus, they've got a hundred million dollars in cap room to go out and sign some free agents. I'd keep Justin Fields and give him some better support, supporting cast. I, I agree with you completely. Uh, I, I like Fields and, uh, you know, Stroud and, and Young are both excellent college quarterbacks. Neither of them is particularly big. You know, Fields looks like an NFL quarterback. He looks like a giant Elway type, only faster. Uh, I just don't think he mess with that. And we just saw Jalen Hurts, kind of a similar type of quarterback to Fields, blossom in the second year as a starter and, go all the way to the Super Bowl. I could see Fields, you know, he, he needs a lot of help uh, out of that roster, but I could see Fields being that kind of quarterback. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, and as you said, with with Young and Stroud, they're not as big and <clears throat> compactly built and and as a Hurts or as a, as a Fields. I, I like Justin Fields. I, I do think that the Bears need to be a little more 
conservative in how often they run him <clears throat> that t- towards the end of the year before he got hurt, he, he was carrying the ball 15, 18 times a game. That That's not a good recipe for a quarterback's long-term health in, in this league. But certainly if he's running eight to 10 times as, as Hertz did, I think that's a, a, a great type of, of usage of Justin Fields and get him some quality receivers. I think he can be a really good player. And we are reminded of how hard it is to find the right quarterback by the fact that teams are moving away now from Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, his next team will be his fourth team. And uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, another high draft pick, also uh, being released. It's (laughs) the most important position in sports, and it's the hardest one to evaluate. It it definitely is. And you think of Wentz and think back to his first couple of years in Philadelphia. He's an MVP candidate before he started getting hurt and since then it's just been a very rocky road for Carson Wentz and in Indianapolis he flamed out in Washington not good and and now he's on the street I'm sure someone's going to sign him but to be a starter I'm not so sure about that I think he may be relegated to the number two QB land at this point in time but but who knows? We've seen quarterbacks have career resurrections, such as Jim Plunkett came and won a couple Super Bowls, and and there's plenty of guys, Nick Foles. So not going to say Carson Wentz is done, but I, I think he's going to certainly take a, a big, big pay cut this year. And and same thing with, with, with Mariota, who I, I kind of feel bad for him. I got to know him pretty well in Tennessee during my years uh, after the Titans and doing media work down there, he's a really quality person and and a a good leader and just, again, injuries and, and too much running the ball for him and just not accurate enough either. And I think that's where it, it separates some of these quarterbacks, some of these running quarterbacks that just aren't as accurate as they need to be compared to a a guy like a, a cousins or, or the, the top guys, Mahomes and and Brady when he was at his best, Rodgers at his best. These guys are so much more accurate. And, and throw Joe Burrow into that, into that conversation, who the Bengals are now talking about doing a, a huge extension on, which rightfully so, because I think he's a great player. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I got to have a long conversation with Latroy Hawkins, one of my favorite people at Twins Camp uh, a week or two ago, and he was telling me about the fact, you know, he – He's been friends with Pat Mahomes, uh, the former Twins pitcher, forever. They both live in Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, right near Torrey Hunter and Deion Sanders and a bunch of other former athletes. And he talked about watching Mahomes throughout his high school career, you know, growing up uh, at Texas Tech. And he said something interesting to me. He said he knew all along Mahomes was going to be this kind of quarterback. He said Mahomes didn't develop into being a great quarterback. He said Mahomes has been this guy all along. How rare is it for somebody to be – you know, to, to be able to read defenses. Latroy even talked about Mahomes having like a photographic memory where he can kind of just glance at the defense and know where everybody's going to be. I mean, how rare is that skill? Yeah, definitely. And certainly a, a fantastic player. And how amazing is it that he lasted until, what was it, the 10th pick? I think 10th or 11th, yep. Yeah, 10th or 11th in the draft. And, and then Mitchell Trubisky was the guy that the Bears jumped up to grab ahead of of Mahomes and ahead of Deshaun Watson at that time before Deshaun Watson had his character meltdown. 
I, I, I love Patrick Mahomes, love watching him play. He's just so creative, and it just shows that the draft process is its an overrated term, an overused term, but it is an inexact science, and we see great players all the time that are drafted down the line, whether it's in the first round or whether it's a Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins in the fourth round, Russell Wilson in the third round, Joe Montana in the third round. So all this much ado at the Combine over these quarterbacks and thinking about tra- drafting them in the top five, for every Joe Burrow, for every Trevor Lawrence, it looks like he's going to be worthy of the number one pick from a, a couple of years ago. Well, there's Zach Wilson, who was picked number two, and and he may be sitting on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers this year. We'll see. So it, it's, a, it's a tough deal at the Combine and, and during this pre-draft process. But I'll tell you one thing, Jim. I'm not going to spend – 50 hours watching combine coverage this weekend. Are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, listen, I mean, and that's where the NFL, uh, you know, first of all, the NFL loves the fact that the people cover the combine like it's the Super Bowl. Uh, second of all, it maintains fan interest. It increases fan interest. Uh, three, as you know, when this is, these are, this is a billion dollar industry, billion dollar franchises, multi-billion dollar league uh, with, you know, you have to do all the due diligence you can. So you can't like pretend it, they can, the teams can't pretend like this doesn't matter. But for us sitting on the outside, we know that uh, sometimes, sometimes the combine can just fool you. Yeah, I can. And I, I think what's been fascinating this year too, is when you hear of several head coaches not attending the combine, including Matt LaFleur from Green Bay, Sean McVay from the Rams, Kyle Shanahan was talking about staying back. And, and these coaches, they, they know that, first of all, it's a big convention where hundreds of coaches are hitting them up for jobs, and, and they'd rather spend their time working on free agency planning because they know they can see all, all these players, all the workouts, all the interviews on tape. And so they don't need to be traveling to Indy and taking the time there. Most of the coaches will be there, including Kevin O'Connell is there, but there are plenty of coaches more and more that decide, hey, I'm going to skip the combine. I'll, I'll see all these guys on tape and talk about them in, in our, our evaluation meetings. But I don't need to be in Indianapolis this week when I can be doing other things. No doubt about it. Let's get a final thought from Jeff. Thanks again to Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Again, you can go to the website, TalkNorth.com, find all the shows and the archives of the shows, or you can just subscribe to your favorite shows at your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. How about a final thought, Jeff? Well, I, I think, again, thinking about the combine, and it's just it's so ridiculous, <clears throat> as we said, that NFL Network, 23 hours of live coverage, give me a break, watching players run 40-yard dashes. And the most ridiculous part of that whole thing, which I've always felt, is why would you have an offensive lineman ever run a 40-yard dash when the most they ever run is about 10 yards? And, and they do these 10-yard splits, too, which is fine to see their speed. You want to know their speed. But having an offensive lineman run a 40-yard dash, really, not necessary at all. And hardly necessary for defensive linemen because if, if they're running 40 yards down, downfield, the, the back of the wide receiver is long gone by then. Unless maybe you're Daniil Hunter, maybe you can run somebody down as he's done in the past. So I, I just find it very amusing 
how some of these drills are so built up at the combine and, and so overrated. No doubt. Uh, I, I can think of one offensive lineman who would have excelled in the 40 yard dra- dash, who was also a great player. And he was one of the most, maybe a unique player, Randall McDaniel, a guy who could run with Robert yes. Smith on a screen pass. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. He, Randall was absolutely that kind of player for sure. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk again next week as uh, as the NFL continues to create content for us. We do appreciate it.